Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Opinion Show, and today we are talking about Rowdy, Roddy Piper, and three of his greatest performances. I'm joined by one Silva. What's up, man? Good evening, Logan. Good evening, classic wrestling fans. Indeed, indeed. And yes, we are here to talk, to talk about uh, some of the greatest performances in the WWF. I guess these, I mean, you, there are some great performances that he had outside the WWF, wouldn't you say? Yes, but many of them we covered on the greatest wrestling matches of all time, right. especially his match with Greg Valentine. I picked these three matches because this is when he is the greatest heel of all time. 1984, 1985, you never saw a heel before this or after this better than the Hot Rod. Right, and uh, he, uh, of course, uh, we talked all about his history in that big retrospective that we did, so... We don't have to go too much into it here, but just give a little background with Jimmy last, Snuka. Last week's episode that we did was my favorite wrestling program we ever did. I listened to it today for the first time since we did it. I mean, we had a good time doing that fucking show. Yeah, there's some good clips in there, so check it out. And if you, by the way, it's on it's on the Logan's Movie Review page. So if you have, if you can't find it here, that's where it's at. Um, it's a uh, two plus hours of just uh, Roddy Piper promos and and talking about his uh, his, his wrestling career, but uh, here we're just going to talk about these three performances because they kind of catapulted him into superstardom. Um, these and his promos, of course, but he uh, and and maybe the Snooker thing. Like I think probably he would have lost to Snooker had Snooker stayed in the promotion, right? Had Snooker not now. You know what? Not stayed in the promotion because he stayed after this match. He stayed another ten months. It had nothing to do with that. But I'm gonna break down. You just made a, a comment that's prob that's possibly that's a possibility or probability with him losing that feud. This feud was red hot, but a couple of times got interrupted because of Jimmy Snooker's drug problem. Okay. Yeah. Well, in this case, like. Uh... Well, we'll talk about it. This match that he has, this is their first match after the coconut incident? Well, real quickly, the coconut incident was played. It was recorded in April, but it wasn't shown on television until May, June. So this is the first MSG match they had. August okay. August 
they were feuding all over the country. This is the first time it came to uh, Master Square Garden, where Jimmy Stucker was a huge draw between 1982 and 1985 at Master Square Garden, as he was the number one face before Hogan came into the territory in, in um, January of 84. So the, the coconut incident sparked off a vicious feud. They had all types of matches throughout, throughout the summer of 84, a Fijian strap match, all types, you know, just brutal, brutal, brutal encounters. And this was a brutal encounter, a great war I mean, wow. And um, after we review the match, I'll tell you why this injury angle took place. Well, they traded. They, they treated I mean, when Piper came out and uh, Snooker was there, it was treated to this audience as this was like Snooker finally getting his hands on Piper. You know, they, they, they treated it like their first match, kind of. I mean, maybe they didn't say it. Listen to the show from last week. We were playing promos from July from him going to other cities fighting Stucker. And this right. match first in, in August. So they, of course, the MSG announces, because this is the first match the MSG is going to treat like this is the first match of the coconut incident, but no, they had several matches. Okay, well, the intensity here it felt like it, you know, and uh, uh, Roddy Piper's intensity is pretty, you know, he's stalling a little bit at the beginning. He's very, like, you can tell he's, like, kind of nervous and uh, he's, he's doing a great job. Um, just getting this intensity down. Same with um, Snooker. Snooker's very intense here, staring down Piper. One thing about Superfly Snooker, horrible promo. Yes, indeed, he was a horrible promo. People made fun of him. But one of the reasons why he was so fucking over throughout his entire career up until 1985, from, the, from, from when he was in Portland, Crockett, Georgia, WWF, the reason he was so over, his ring psychology was off the hook. And in this match... He has the eyes of a man with hatred, but is controlling his rage. He's just staring at Piper like if he could stare at him and kill him. Yes, and uh, he he was a um, a great babyface. I mean, he was one of the first um, kind of American high flyers. That, I mean, in this in the, in the '80s era to really pop off, you know, like he. That that Superfly thing, I mean, it captured the imagination of a lot of kids. Uh, a lot of kids loved him. They were his. They, he was their favorite wrestler. I think for for a while he was probably mine. Um, he he was mine. I started watching wrestling in the summer of '81. Jimmy Snuka oh. was the first wrestler I idolized. Roddy Piper being the second. Yeah, and he definitely like uh, you know he rival his popularity rivaled Hulk Hogan's even when Hulk Hogan was at his peak. It was it was him and uh, and Snuka in the 80, like around eighty four eighty five that were the big names there. At the time of this match, Logan, August of eighty four, Hogan's the number one face, Snuka's the number two face. Yeah, so we have here um, and probably Junkyard Dogs number three. The Junkyard Dogs enters this bump, so he wouldn't be number three. He just entered from the mid-south. Okay. Number three, uh, number three at this point would, would soon be number two after Stucker goes down. It would be Sergeant Slaughter. There you go. So, in this match, it instantly starts, you know, they start having a, a, a brawl. Piper's a great brawler, and you can see it here. Uh, he's, he's really believable stuff, really believable anger. And really, really believable hate for Snooker. 
and instantly they get into a, a, a brawl. Uh, Snooker gets the better of it, uh, gets some great chops, some good headbutts. I think um, Piper even um, tries to headbutt Snooker. And I love that spot, Logan, because when he headbutts Snooker, he starts wobbling, but he catches himself by poking Snooker in the eye. <laughs> yes. Great, yeah. He's like stumbling around. He's a little dazed, and he just throws that eye poke, and then the uh, that kind of turns the the match to his favor, and he starts getting uh, some offense in, but very little. I mean, um, uh, Snooker makes a pretty good comeback and gets actually gets Piper in a sleeper hold, and Piper does all kinds of crazy gyrations while he's in that sleeper hold, like he's being <laughs> like he's losing oxygen or. I think Piper never got credit for Logan. Is he was a tremendous bump taker, and he was bumping all over the ring in this match for Snook. Yeah, and selling like a motherfucker too for everything, and uh, and yeah, and the way he just like is so animated when he sells, you know. So he's trying to get yeah, he's getting in that sleeper hold, and he's um, you know, he's he's all dramatic about what's doing to him, and he's like twitching and stuff, and trying to like get out of it, and. Um, Eventually, he um, he gets out, and they go onto the floor, and he, he, I guess he blades, because they throw him into the ring. Snooker well, he, throws him into the ring post. Yes, Snooker slams his head into the ring post, then slams his head into a steel chair, and when Piper comes back in the ring, you'll see busted wide open. Yeah, and this is where, like, the crowd just goes crazy, because here's, for them, I mean, at least... Snook is finally getting his comeuppance for this thing they saw. You know, everybody sees what Piper did to Snooker, so probably in every arena they go into, it's just like the greatest thing to see Snooker now beating up on Piper, yeah. getting the bully, because he was such a great bully um, um, in the way that he would just bully people on his show, and that would set up the match. So here, it's no different. And and you know what greater guy to get get over on in your on Piper's pit than this guy? one of the most popular guys in Madison Square Garden. So they're going crazy watching him beat on a bloody Piper, seeing Piper get his, you know, and that's kind of what's missing from wrestling today. It's like the heels are like sometimes like a little too weak so that oh, when you... The other day, um, my, nephew stayed, my nephew stayed with me for a few days. He's a big wrestling fan. So I watched Raw with him Monday night. This fucking Steph Rollins, he's fucking horrible. He, he, he gets a half-hour promo, and you can tell that he's talking from a script. I'm like, this is your number one heel? Turn this shit off. Right. This is their substitute for Roddy Piper. You know, it's like this guy who's scripted like hell. He's like he's the most that, pussy heel ever. You can tell that he's trying to memorize his lines. He's trying to remember what to say. He's like, oh, John Cena, I own you. the fuck out of here. So stupid, yeah. And and the thing is, there's no no toughness about the guy at all, you know? Like, here you have right... He's a little bitch! <laughs> yeah. He has no, you, you don't have the sense that he can do shit. And you just think he's a complete paper guy, champion. He, he, doesn't look t- he doesn't look tough. He's got the little faggot beard. He's up there with the belt. He's and he's got a little, like, gay voice, too, you know? I mean, so... <laughs> Oh, John Cena, I own you, and I challenge you to a title versus title. So it, this match ends pretty quickly with... Uh, yeah, well, Snook- back, to the, back, back, back to real wrestling. Stuka has Piper uh, 
ready for the kill. So Stuka goes up to the top rope for a super fly leap. Piper for gets cross up. body. Yeah, and he does a cross body, and then great fucking bump Stuka took on it on this maneuver. He, he his neck bounces off the ropes as he hits the table onto the cement floor, and is counted out. Yep, and then Piper goes to work and puts a, you know, like really beats him up with a, a chair. And uh, why did they do this finish? All right. First of all, they wanted Stucker to get the count out. No, Piper to get the count out win by. And this, this time he didn't cheat. This time there was no cheating. Right. But this, this he angle got the was, win. He got the win by count out. But this angle was done for, for, for one main reason. Well, two main reasons. Keep the heat on Piper. Oh, my God. He beat Snooker. Made it look like it was a fluke win, even though he didn't cheat. It's a fluke count out. The Snooker, hit the, 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 his neck hit the rope, and, and he was knocked out. Then Piper goes out and destroys him with the steel chair outside the ring. Second reason this finish was done, because they did a broken neck ang- angle. Snooker was, was, was heavy into cocaine use at this time, and it was affecting him going from town to town. His drug abuse was off the charts, had gotten completely out of control. McMahon ordered him to go into rehab. So this was to excuse his absence because he was going into rehab at this moment. I see. So, But it also probably built up the heat for the next match oh, big yes. time. It built up the heat for the next match because there's a 17-year-old kid, Rikishi's twin brother, the Tonga kid. This guy is 17 years old and like many people have said, greatest 17-year-old walk, worker in the history of the business. Tonga Kid was phenomenal. And this sets up the feud with him and Tonga Kid as the following month on Piper's pit, Tonga Kid uh, approaches Piper, confronts Piper, and says, what you did to my cousin, I want revenge. I want a match, which results in the next match, which aired on WWF Championship Wrestling, October 27, 1984. When did this used to air, WWF Championship Wrestling? All right. In New York, WWF Championship Wrestling at this time aired, I want to say, 5 o'clock in the afternoon? It was, it was on midnight for years. Then, it, then they moved up the time. I know um, All-Star Wrestling. Midnight Friday? A, uh, no, Saturdays. Oh, Saturday. Yeah. And now it's 5 o'clock Saturday, or it, it moved down to there. It used to be midnight Saturday. They moved up to like 5 o'clock Saturdays, and um, All-Star Wrestling occurred Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. Okay. And, but then when Superstars come along? Superstars started airing in the summer of 86. Oh, okay. Which took, which, which, which took the place of championship wrestling. Got it. So we got here this uh, match here, and uh, you, you have, um, you know, this... Yeah, like the, it got set up with a Piper's pit. So um, the first thing that uh, Piper does in this match is he uh, he well, I guess to get the upper hand, he grabs the leg of um, Tonga Kid and slams it, you know, from the outside, and he kind of slams his head on the mat, and so he's able to get sort of the upper hand on him at first. But then Tonga makes a great comeback. Um, he, he you know he he blocks a few punches, and then he eventually. Um, you know, he basically does plays the superfly, um, you know, role very well here. You know, almost as good as uh, Snooker himself, maybe better. Well, remember, uh, at this point in time, 
Jimmy Snook is 41 years old. The Tiger Kid is 17. So it's it, it, it uh, he's a 17 year old version of Superfly Snooker. So he's going to be quicker. He's going to fly higher. He's going to be able to. <laughs> Gives a great headbutt, which allows uh, has Piper like jumping up in the air afterward. Uh, <laughs> Piper's great selling man in this, um, and as uh, well, he he goes for a flying headbutt on uh, Piper, gets a good one. That's a good, pretty good move. Yeah, this this kid is talented. I can't believe he's 17 here. This is uh, pretty crazy. Um, so then um, Piper is uh, is just getting like beat on and beat on and uh, uh yeah at one point he's got piper in the um you know where they where he spreads the legs open and puts the boot to the stomach you know so piper's selling that rolling around the ring looking acting like a total fool begging off calling time out you know acting like he was like kicked in the in the balls um and uh basically he just you know he sells for this guy for this kid for a long time, and uh, they go through some. Um, some he finally throws uh, Tonga Kid right out, and uh, Tonga Kid looks like he's really hurt um, when he gets thrown out. He's like twitching and stuff, and uh, Piper gets him back, comes back in, and has a chair. And uh, I guess he doesn't does he he doesn't use it. He doesn't get to use it because uh, he he misses. Tonga Kid is stuck in the corner, and Piper goes to hit him with the chair. Tonga Kid moves out the way. Piper hits himself with the chair on the rebound and then falls to the canvas, and then Tonga Kid does the super fly leap off the top rope with a headbutt. And right. Piper's out. Piper's completely out. And instead of going for the pin, Tonga Kid picks up the chair and begins to destroy Piper with the chair. And this is such so, so much heat. The crowd is going crazy, and you... And wrestlers come in the ring to try to break up Tonga Kid from killing Roddy Piper. This was great. A great fucking match. A great aftermatch angle to set up the feud, which would be Tonga Kid and the Superfly versus Cowboy Bob Orton and Roddy Piper, which would sell out the Garden the following month, November, in Madison Square Garden. And that was another tremendous match. And that match, Logan, a match that's not... That, that that's not available on YouTube or Daily Motion because the WWF yanked it off. I would have put that down here on, on here instead of this match. But that match was so great, Logan, that there was a point in the match where Orton and and Piper were laid out, and the Tonga Kid and Superfly Stucker both did the Superfly leap off the off the top rope at the same time. This feud was heated. It was Stucker Tonga Kid versus Piper and Orton. They were selling out all over the country. The arenas that Hogan didn't appear in. Unfortunately, in December of 85, the worst mistake of his career, Tonga Kid leaves the WWF as the AWA snatches him up, which was a huge mistake on the Tonga Kid's part because this feud was red hot and he left, and in the AWA, he did not have the same impact. No way, man. That was dumb, man. They must have offered him a lot of money because... uh... Much more than he was making, but in the long run, he would have made much more had he stayed with the W. He was red hot. Him and Stucker were a red hot tag team in a red hot feud. Now, the same month, AWA and the NWA, it was the AWA with uh, with Crockett, uh, what you call it, Ole Anderson, uh, Eddie Graham, 
a lot of the uh, NWA uh, territory promoters, along with Vern Gagne, formed a group called Pro Wrestling USA. And they went, and the first three major signings they made were Bob Backlund in August of 84, Sergeant Slaughter and Tom Kidd in December of 84. They raided the WWF sort of, of taking what McMahon had. There was a big, big problem, though. The reason this wasn't going to work, the WWF was run by one guy. Pro Wrestling USA was run by nine, ten guys. So you don't have one leader. So they get all this talent, and they don't know what the fuck to do with it. Yeah, because probably no one wanted to put the other guy's talent over, you know, or whatever. Um, exactly. They, they couldn't agree, and uh, they probably were fighting amongst each other too much. So so, so then we have, uh, so so yeah, Tom, so Tonga Kid never came back to the WWF? Um, he, he came back two years later in the summer of 86 as uh, Tama. That's right, but he never had the same fires, or he never had the same popularity. The Islanders were a tremendous tag team, Haku and Tama. And Tama was in great shape. This is before Tama became a fat, sloppy bastard like his brother, his twin brother, Rikishi. Hmm. Well, it's in the genes, man. Uh, it's in the genes. But, but the, 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 the thing is, he ruined his career. And he did a shoot interview about 10 years ago where he admits that that was the biggest mistake of his career. And later on the line, the reason he never stayed in shape and got fat he became a, a, a drug a, a drug addicted cocaine user. Oh damn! That, that's unfortunately that seems to be in their genes too a little bit, but uh, not for the Rock. He seems pretty clean. Uh, uh, the, the, the Rock's only drug is making money. There you go. So then we have uh, him against Mister Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Now, Mister Wonderful had turned face after WrestleMania. Two right, or WrestleMania one, right? Yeah, well, he gets hit by the, he gets hit by the cast of Bob Orton, leading to him getting pinned. Um, Piper and Orton blame him for the loss. They make Heenan blames him for the loss because Heenan was his manager at the time. Um, then um, Heenan gets fired by Orton. Then the very first Saturday main event in May of 1985, the main focus was the Piper's pit with Paul Orndorff, where Orton. And, and Piper attacked Orndorff, and then Mr. T and Hulk Hogan come out and save him. And this makes Orndorff, at this moment, probably number two face in the company behind Hogan. And this is their first match, July of 85, after the turn of Mr. Wonderful. Yeah, and this was a very intense match. Mr. Wonderful was very angry at Piper at this point, And this, you know, these are like the two great friends here, and now they're fighting. And uh, man, they they started off with a brawl, and yeah. uh, and then and then um, Mr. Wonderful has um, Piper in the in an arm lock for the longest time, and Piper's selling the fuck out of that. He gets him in like a chicken wing thing, and like with his feet, and like yanks back. Man, that shit looked like it hurt with the yes. that chicken wing. Um, one, um, Mr. Wonderful looking tremendous. His physique is uh, probably the best oh. in the. This is probably the best he ever looked physically wise. I mean, those stores, those steroids were working. They were. They certainly were. And uh, this was before he had one arm that was like short and one well, arm that, long. That would happen. Eighty six, eighty seven ish. Yeah. This is some of eighty five. Yeah, and so with Piper, you know, um, nevertheless, uh, he gets out of that arm lock, and his but you can he's selling the arm as though it's like really hurt, and he starts. 
he starts getting the upper hand on um, Orndorff. Orndorff's selling, um, and uh, Piper is um, Piper is basically like, um, you know, he he he's taunting him, he's slapping him, he's throwing him around, and um, <clears throat> some of the when when Orton makes his comebacks here in these in this. Uh, Piper's selling here is awesome. I mean, just the way he fucking takes these punches and uh but he's very vicious going after you know, he's got that like look on his face like he really wants to kill Orndorf, like he's really pissed. But mm-hmm. th- I think Piper throws some great punches, man. I mean he, he's like kinda like Jerry Lawler. You gotta remember, Roddy Piper was a boxer before he became a wrestler. So he That's should right. be able to throw work punches. Yeah. So we get a backslide by Orton, and then Piper goes for the eye poke. <laughs> he just, like, lies in wait. When all else fails, Roddy Piper, go for that infamous eye poke. Yeah, which he which he even pulled with Hulk Hogan in WCW um, when he came there. Uh, he, he kept that heelish part of himself to fight the evil Hogan, which was great. People, like, totally popped for it. Um, meanwhile... Um, we get uh, Orndorf gets uh, thrown down on the floor. Um, he's he's out there, and Piper starts like you know, uh, counting with the ref like very ostentatiously, like like um, Orndorf's gonna get counted out. Orndorf uh, he he gets kicked right at the uh, on the apron where he's like. Um, where he's on the outside by, but then he pulls Piper from the outside, and then um, uh, Piper throws him into like some guys sitting near ringside. Um, <laughs> he's back in the, you know, he started. He's back in the ring, and he's like fucking with the referee, and and like you know doing that kind of Ric Flair shit with the ref, and then uh, the uh, you see that like Orndorff's kind of selling, you know, what happened to him. Orndorff finally gets back in the ring and and gets the upper. Oh, oh, there was that one spot where he like pulls Piper into the ring with his hit by his hair, basically, and like. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So like when when uh, Orndorff comes back, um, he gets him uh, into a uh, headlock for a long long while, and there's a kind of like some good mat work here where they're where he's got him like in a front or. A, I don't know what it is, but like some kind of headlock from a reverse headlock, and he's uh, they're, they're, he's going for the pin here. Some like good, you know, good mat stuff here. I mean, I, Piper's you know showing he has some some skills here, but it's mainly his body language and his uh, selling that's uh, making this match intense, and his intensity, obviously. Him and Mister Wonderful are have yeah, great yeah. intensity here. Both great brawlers. Yes. So. Um, they they kind of jockey back and forth on this headbutt thing. They finally do that. Um, what's his name? Um, Orndorff gets that bridge and a backslide on Piper, but Piper's feet are in the ropes. I don't know why they're even. Yeah, and um, and then uh, they're they're brawling. Uh, Orndorff gets the better of it. it. Starts really like punching the shit out of Piper, and Piper starts like punching the air. He's like so dizzy from the and like twitching and jerking all around from the punches and it looks like um Orndorf gives him that patented elbow um and it looks like Piper's done for here um but then of course 
what happens? Uh, Mr. Uh, Ace. Ace Bob Orton comes in and uh, stops the shit because he knows his, his buddy's going to get beat here. And so uh, Piper, um, oh, yeah, there is a spot, too, where um, go over the top rope, and uh, that's that's a pretty good spot, too. I mean, it just... It looks they make it look easy what they're doing here. These two, these, was, these are probably two of the greatest. Um, I don't know performers at this time. You know. Well, you have the, the, the number one heel on, on the planet, who's a great brawler, going up against Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who was always a great baby face but a better heel. Yeah, and and I guess it wouldn't be long before Orndorff turns on Hogan, right? Now, this is, yeah. Now this this you, you let, let me tell you about the aftermath of this match. I think what happened, the reason, Ornoff was red hot at this moment, but the reason why he didn't continue to take off and all of a sudden at WrestleMania 2, he's in a curtain jerker match. He's in an opening match. He's no longer one of the top faces. The reason I believe this occurred, Logan, is that the feud with Piper was huge, but it was not conclusive. There was no winner. Piper was not going to let Orndorff go over to win the feud, which would have made Orndorff even bigger as a face. Really? So, so this being, Orndorff started getting into feuds with guys that didn't mean shit, like Don Morocco, the Heenan family. You know, he was feuding with the Heenan family and Don Morocco after the Piper feud ended in a non-conclusion. And so, being, it, at, when... um. They came up with the angle in the summer of 86 for him to turn on Hogan. It became it made him the number one heel and a red-hot heel. But but from September of 85 to when he turned on Hogan in June of 86, he was buried on the undercard. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you're right, WrestleMania 2, he wasn't really doing much. Uh, he he uh, wrestled in the opening match. This, you go from the main event in 85 to... 86 being in the opening match. Yep. So here you have um, him going to the top rope, Orton coming in, pushing him off, and then they start going to work on him. Piper even like starts to rough up the referee a little bit, get him out of the way uh, so they can do their dirty work on him. They give him a double suplex. They they just, just generally beat on him. So he never got his revenge out of this? Or what happened? This turned out to be a t- tag team, Hulk Hogan? They had a they had another match. On, they had another match on the Saturday main event, which went to a double countout. But and they 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 wrestled around the horn, and in tag matches, it would be Hogan and Orndorff versus Piper and Orton. And in those matches, Orton would get pinned. Of course, Piper wouldn't get pinned. But there was never a conclusion to the whole to the Piper Orndorff feud because from 1984 to 1987, Piper only got pinned one time by Jimmy Snooker. Other than that. He never got picked or submitted. And and uh, the British Bulldogs come in, uh, and there's a, a you know, they almost get beat down themselves. Uh, so it's 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 pandemonium in the ring, and uh, Piper's still getting his licks in on uh, Orndorff, and I guess eventually they they chase him out of the ring, and uh, it's but I mean it's kind of inconclusive this this. Like brawl here. It's not like anybody really wins. They, no, the Piper. And, and this, this is the only singles match they would have at the at the at the Garden during this. What turned out what started as a red hot feud, but then fizzled towards the end. 
Yep. And it's just because Piper refused to put him over? I don't, you know, Piper was smart. He didn't want to lose his heat. If he would have lost it, if he would have owned off, it would have uh, affected him greatly. I mean, while it affected Orndorff, the face has to go over in this feud. He didn't. He became a red-hot heel the following year. But, like I said last week, after losing to Hogan in that feud, especially the steel cage match on Saturday night event, coupled with his arm going numb, Orndorff's career was never the same after that red-hot feud. People, people forget Hogan and Orndorff sold out Exhibition Stadium in Toronto. Over 60,000 people went to see that match. In the summer of '86, that's how oh, yeah, I don't that, know. After he turned on Hogan, that turn was probably one of the most significant turns in 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 that era. I mean, it was yeah. very very big. Uh, and, and, and I don't know why people didn't see it coming. I mean, did you see it coming? Well, you see, that's great booking. You anticipated that because week after week, the on off would call Hogan. Hogan wouldn't answer the phone. You saw it that's coming right. a mile away. Which to me is the best type of booking. Fuck this right. job shit. Put that shit in and have the fans expect it. Yeah, and then just the whole thing is to expect it, but not know when it's going to happen. And right. and then and, and it finally happened there. He's helping him up, and he gives him the clothesline. And the pile driver, the- which was great, which we'll review when we go over Paul Orndorff's uh, greatest uh, performance, which we'll be, we'll be doing sometime. So yeah, I mean this era. I mean, the Hulkamania era gets, to me, unwarranted bashing. They call it a cartoon era. There was a lot of great performances, a lot of great angles in that era, and a lot of great workers. Yeah, and it was pretty rough. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that PG. Uh, there was some blood, you know. As you can tell from these three Piper matches we just reviewed, it was far from PG. <laughs> All right, man, so uh, that's Rowdy Rowdy Piper. We talked a lot about him last week, and uh, this is his three greatest performances here. So, And then also we did his uh, that dog collar match with uh, Greg Valentine, which is uh, a classic. If you want to hear more about Piper, and a lot of people are, are, are looking for Piper tributes throughout the Internet, we did four or five shows on the greatest matches of all time with Piper. One was his dog collar match with Valentine. One was his Hogan was his match against Hulk Hogan, the MPV uh, Water Settle Score, February, yeah. February 85. His match with Mr. Perfect in Madison Square Garden, got on the title. His match with Rick Rude inside the steel cage and, and Madison Square Garden. And his match, I think we just did this a month or two ago, greatest match of all time against Bret Hart, WrestleMania, when Bret Hart takes the, the ice title for Piper. So those are five matches we reviewed of Piper on the greatest matches of all time. There it is. All right, man, so we'll talk next week. Thanks again. All right, next week we're going to go back to boxing, Donald Curry's greatest performances, and we'll be doing a movie, an independent movie, a sleeper movie, Night Catches Us, starring Anthony Mackie and Kerry Washington. I will talk to you next week, big man. All right, man, have a great one. Talk to you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.